This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Dispensing cannabis business knowledge beyond a million square feet of cultivation space, CannabisRadio.com proudly presents Blunt Business, harvested by Strainwise Consulting. Together, we will navigate the challenges and opportunities of one of the most profitable industries on earth. Join us each episode to hear our weekly roundtables and interviews with industry professionals. Now, let's delve into some Blunt Business with your host. Thanks for joining me here on Blunt Business on CannabisRadio.com. As always, so happy to bring you some great guests, except for the next two weeks, that we've been able to bring here on the program, really talking about all the issues that are critical to the cannabis industry that I've been doing here since 2018. And it's been a wonderful ride so far. Still so many more shows to do, <clears throat> so many more topics to uh, tackle, and so much more to accomplish here in the industry as a whole. And I've been grateful for the listenership that's been here, listening every week as I've been trying to go and get all the pertinent topics across that are important. So in the next two weeks, you're going to hear me go solo. We will not have any guests, but uh, we will return with guests coming up next year at the start of January. And we already have a couple of guests lined up. We already have shows ready to go and put out for you because we don't stop. Even if it is the holiday season, doesn't make a difference to me. We're going to continue doing content because for me, this is what I do for a living. And actually, I'm very good into you know doing a lot of monologues. I do a lot of podcasts that are outside of cannabis radio, long story short. And so I'm very accustomed to doing monologues. So there's a number of subjects that I want listeners to keep in mind about. And also because when I look at episodes that we're going to do here on the program, I'm always looking at what the headlines are right now and what is being said. As you know, I quote and cite so many different articles from so many different sources here on a weekly basis. And there are studies and stories that I don't get a chance to go and talk you know, where I want to go and get some commentary about. I'll inject it into interviews. But today I want to go ahead and give you more of just some insight of what I'm looking at and just an analysis from my part from some of the stories that are making headlines now. So over the next two weeks, I'll break it into two parts. The first part will be the new disruptors in cannabis. And what I'm saying about that is that I believe that 
there are certain areas that might not even be cannabis related that are going to be point of mind in the industry that people should be keeping an eye on. Uh, there's part of the rise of psychedelics and new cannabinoids, which I've actually referenced here on the program, but it's, it's still something to be said where we can't just overlook. I don't think it's a way to overlook what's going on here and say to ourselves that we can't look at what's going on and not think that the market will get changed and we need to be able to stay in ahead of disruptions. I talk about this, especially when it comes to the media industry, any industry, when there's a disruption coming across that a complacency and staying traditional and not following along with new trends, or at least, you know, respecting and you know, looking at what the trends might be. We have to keep cognizant. We have to keep a look. What's more important to me as well is of course, if there are certain markets that are getting saturated, the cannabis industry right now is getting saturated. There are a lot of, we've noticed in the last you know five years, the influx of top-level executives, very qualified, very well-spoken, and very well erudite in what they're looking to do to help the industry out, bringing a real corporate infrastructure to many of these, corporate, these uh, companies. Then you're seeing smaller businesses being swallowed up to create multi-state operators. That's at least what it looks like from my point of view. When I see that, it's just like everything else. I mean, I think there's a process where you think about how certain industries will, will go along as they do, but then there's always new innovations and new practices that come in that will disrupt an industry. And you have to keep an eye on that. So technology is the best, one of the best disruptors. When it comes to media, you look at where people were consuming Visual content, they would have watched it on the internet, but priority was on cable and network television. Now it's moved over to streaming. When it comes to cannabis, you know, it's not, you have a lot of licenses that are being doled out, more states being brought onto the grid to legalize in terms of medical or adult use. And then with that, it's the closer and closer we get to coast to coast exposure, which could happen if there's a, I mean, is there a way to go ahead and branch them all together? Because now you have, what, 39 states? We're going to get close to the threshold of how many states will want to have legalization in some way, shape, or form. There were so many that were happening this year, but what's left? Like, what states are left that will go ahead and say, okay, will all 50 states, before legalization comes in from the federal end, will all 50 states say, okay, we're going to take at least medical? Could that happen in the next couple of years? I don't know if every state's going to comply. I think there's going to be a couple that will probably still never do it no matter what. And the only way that we'll see any change will be from the federal end, whether it's descheduling, whether it's uh, any issues with, um, I mean, I just think that's where we are. It looks like we need the federal government to go ahead and give us the way to bridge all these states together to create interstate commerce which is the ultimate goal. Everybody's banking on that right now. Your stocks, your investors, all these companies, all the seed money, the all the funding that's being done right now, all the extra money being, extra capital being influxed by various companies we've had on the program. They're all preparing for large MSOs to come in, and then you'll have this big, large corporate structure of who's going to be the four or five or six companies that are going to be on top that will run... 75% of the market. The other 25%, you'll have social equity licensees. You'll have people where the opportunity zone has been put into place. All the 
government regulations where you have licenses that are being allotted and put aside for social equity. That's the other part. Or small business owners. That's So you'll have the chance of grassroots. You'll have other things. So when the market gets saturated and then you have all these companies coming in and now we're at a point where there's only so many companies are going to make the bulk of the revenue in the cannabis industry. It looks like to me, it's just like every other industry. You look at that and then you say to yourself, okay, then what is the end goal for all these other companies that are not going to be one of these five or six that'll be the highest publicly traded that'll be on top that everybody will know and recognize, you know, nationwide. And then globally after that, these are the kind of things I think about on a regular basis when I look at what's going on in the cannabis industry. So I look at that. Then you have to look at what is there that can be done technologically or new advancements, new research. What can be done next to corner the market on something else or something similar? Well, we know that in the 2020 election, Oregon became the first state to go ahead and deschedule all drugs. So psychedelics specifically was something then that you could, I mean, it was not going to be penalized. It was not going to be made illegal anymore. And now we know that there are, uh, there's quite a bit of a circle where you're seeing, it's going to be a quadrant of psychedelics being brought into the conversation. If you know that, you know, I helped to produce the Concierge for Better Living program with Doc Rob here on Cannabis Radio, and we've had several guests talk about psychedelics when it comes to psilocybin, when it comes to MDMA and ketamine. We're seeing that there are a lot of stories just in the last week that I have talked about on a different podcast about what's all going on with how psychedelics provide some similar advancements in medical improvement that cannabis does. I mean, just recently there's a story that came out about, this is from MAPS, who uh, has been not on the our program, but we've had them on the network several times, uh, Brad Burge and Betty Aldworth has been on with the program with us here on Cannabis Radio. I know it was on Cannabis, it's going to be uh, High Society with uh, Paxley Quigley, and I believe Brad Burge's. Brad Birch was over on Concerts for Better Living. I forget, but don't quote me on that. They are the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies. And they've been researching MDMA since 1992. They put a story in The Guardian. And it was mentioned about how there are therapeutic applications that can be done with these psychedelics to the point that the management of Cannabis Radio was able to, and our team at Cannabis Radio went down personally to Miami, Florida, just this past month to the Wonderland Conference, and you had a number of people that were speaking there. A pretty good size show that was all about psychedelics and what was going on with that event. It was being presented by Microdose.Buzz, and at the show, one of the headline speakers was Mike Tyson, who had talked about how he's used mushrooms. And how it works for him, among other things. Lamar Odom, the NBA All-Star, also spoke at the show. You had a pretty good size, a considerable amount of people that were there to speak at this show. And it got people talking. Now, I don't know how much of a difference it's going to make, but I think this is just another, that something that can be 
parallel to the cannabis industry himself is psychedelics. And in the story from Maps, in this Guardian story that I have in the show notes, if you want to go and take a look at it for yourself, they made mention of that May 2021, there was a publication called Nature Medicine, published results of the most advanced trial of psychedelic therapy to date. It was a phase three trial of MDMA-assisted therapy for PTSD, and 88% of participants, this was the, this was the, the results are really outstanding. And it's the level of what could be going on that could, you know, be a bit of a game changer, or it could be a game changer in general, just like cannabis is. And there's a lot of similarities, a lot of parallels that come in with both sides of this. Now, in the story, they said that 88% of participants who received MDMA in conjunction with trauma-focused therapy experienced a clinically significant reduction in symptoms. 67% of participants no longer met criteria for a PTSD diagnosis. And many participants reported that MDMA-assisted therapy helped them address the root cause of their trauma for the first time. We need more research. We need to find more things like this going on so that can be understood. So there is that part to look at as well. And as we know, there's much more research out there. And there's been decades of research that has been done, but has not seen the light of day or has not been out there enough for people to really get a chance to find out for themselves, unless you're digging out and looking for it for yourself. And the same story, when I talked about this on another podcast, I mentioned how psychedelics were actually not just maps, but other uh, we've actually had colleges and universities actually doing the studies on this as well. And there was a story from Virginia Tech that reported that psychedelics show promise in treating mental illness, depression, anxiety, addiction, and PTSD. I don't want to get too medical on here, but these are the kind of things they're learning about. And one of the things we look at in the cannabis industry as ourselves is what is it that cannabis can be done from a medical end that will help, whether it's treatment, whether it's therapy, whether it's you know, who knows what kind of uh, uh, results could come from administering cannabis in various forms and various doses to patients that could use it. As we know, we've seen the stories when it comes to epileptic seizures, when we've seen for people with chronic pain and various other ailments. And in this story that I read here from SciTech Daily, they mentioned how one in five U.S. adults will experience this mental illness in their lifetime. It's according to the National Alliance for Mental Health. Standard treatments can be slow to work and cause side effects. So a Virginia Tech researcher had joined into research on a long band class of drugs that could combat several forms of mental illness in mice and achieve long-lasting results. Yes, it's mice. But early trials, and maybe we could see things go down the line where we could get research towards a clinical end for humans. And maybe we'll find some real results. So they went ahead and did insight. This was uh, Chang Lu, the Fred W. Bull Professor of Chemical Engineering at the College of Engineering. And he also worked with Virginia Commonwealth University to collaborate studying the epigenomic effects of psychedelics. And they looked into substances like psilocybin, mescaline, LSD, and other similar drugs, how they would relieve, could relieve symptoms of addiction, anxiety, depression, and post-traumatic stress disorder which are all important subjects. If we found something that Big Pharma could not solve, a better solution, then the business types will look into that and they might go ahead and make the investment. And that's what I'm talking about. Uh, these are things we should take a look at and see what might come of it. 
so that's one subject I'm looking at. And, you know, coming up on a future episodes, I'd like to go ahead and bring on people that will be from the psychedelic and they're working on psychedelics themselves as a business front. And we'll talk about that. And one of the people that I'm going to, that I've already talked about, that will be up on a future episode here at the start of the year is Dure Ross, president and CEO of Dure and Company. I've already recorded that interview. And I will go ahead and speak with her about some of the clients she's working with from the public relations end that are doing this. And she was also, her company was one of the sponsors of Wonderland in Miami this past month. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, I'm going to continue my discussion here on the disruptors in cannabis because then we're going to look at the new cannabinoids. And you know, I've talked about this here on the program. We're going to go ahead and just focus on a little bit more and see what's coming up next. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Rolling into some sponsors, but we'll be right back with more Blunt Business. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Blunt Business here on CannabisRadio.com. We're talking about the disruptors in cannabis coming up in 2021 as we're doing a two-part year-ender here on the program to wrap things up. So new content, and we're talking about issues that I think are very important to look into next year that we should ponder, we should look at. It's an outlook, and that's what I want to look at. And then next week, we'll go ahead and talk about what the federal government could get done to help the cannabis industry in 2021, whether it's a win the process there before I get into next week we'll talk about how we could see things going on with the industry in terms of the safe banking act some kind of relief on that end or if there's something that comes on a regulation of descheduling something else that happens because we know there have been other things that's been happening by the federal government that have been trying to do something to offer relief to the cannabis industry we'll talk about that next week so the other thing that I'm looking at now that I think is very important to look at is the next cannabis or cannabis cannabinoid compounds that are going to, be going to market. And I think that people need to go and keep an eye on that. We know that Delta played a role this past year and everybody talked about it in the early part of the year. And by then everybody just kind of went back because we didn't hear anything more about it because of the fact that of course, business owners that are running either vape shops or head shops or, you know, could find something where they can still continue to have CBD or have cannabis of some sort that they're able to go ahead and bring out. So they wanted to find some way to get into the market on it that to avoid people from having to go over to a lot of different things where they can make a point where some cannabis users might not go over to a store to go pick up a traditional dispensary without having a medical marijuana card or just even having to go and pay for the prices. Just a lot of things when it comes to Delta 8 that was an advantage 
for certain companies. And obviously, some decided to definitely manufacture Delta in bulk. But then we started seeing states banning the substance because, you know, there's a difference between the regulations and compliance when it comes to the cannabis we see in dispensaries or in medical marijuana treatment centers as opposed to what there is now. So let's look into it. There's a story from theobserver.com that I kept referencing so much towards the latter end of 2021 on the program. You know, I mentioned a story. I never got to go and go through the whole story, but I want to get more into what's going on here because it's part of the disruptors that we have. So Delta 10, THCO, HHC being the newest compounds to come to market. And I mentioned this story where they provided a guide on the best and newest compounds on the market today. And they talked about Delta H, THC, THCO, and HHC. Now, will they go the route of Delta 8 next year? We already know these products are coming to market. But how much of a game changer will it be? Because some of these products will be able to go ahead and find a loophole to be sold outside of a cannabis dispensary or a medical marijuana treatment center. So they talked about Delta 10 ATHC. Like CBD, Delta 10 is a cannabinoid derived from cannabis. Unlike CBD, Delta 10 is extremely elusive and difficult to derive, which is why it's most often completely synthesized in laboratories. Delta 10 interacts with the body's endocannabinoid system much like other THC-based compounds. Unlike CBD, Delta 10 is slightly more psychoactive and less conducive to mellowing out as it is for stimulation and a compound that can be used for great activating creativity, productivity, and alertness. Then THCO acetate. It doesn't occur in the plant, but rather is man-made. These are all synthetics. You remember that. That's why everybody's so worried about this because it's just there are synthetic forms of cannabis being done that can be found to go through any kind of legal loopholes. And that's how they're being sold in other markets. But this can take away some of the market share of, you know, just regular cannabis dispensaries and MTCs. THCO is believed to be two times stronger than Delta 9. Like Delta 10, THCO is also psychoactive since it's THC based versus CBD. And because of its strength, it's not the compound for the beginner user. It's an advanced compound meant to mellow out the mind and provide the user with different levels of a psychedelic experience. So even the thoughts of psychedelics, some people might look to THCO if it's available to try it out. Then the other one, it's HHC, the most stable version of THC because of its resistance to heat and UV radiation and a substantially shelf, longer shelf life than THC. And it's in fact naturally occurring. Unlike THCO, this is one of the few that we have that is not synthetic. So it only, but like Delta 10, only occurs in trace amounts that is most often manufactured in labs to be bountiful. So it might be naturally occurring, but it has to be, you know, worked into labs and processed. So it's still it's something going synthetic. And maybe I'm wrong with the terminology, but this is where I'm getting from where I'm coming from with it. But I'm sure some of you out there could always go right to me. And explain to me where I'm wrong on this. Or come on as a guest if you feel if you feel inclined, if you feel frisky, as they might say. Agency leans more towards providing a sense of relaxation than stimulation. And it alters headspace and cognition and can produce feelings of euphoria. So these are some of the things we look at that could be game-changing, as I said. Who knows what you might get from these products and what other disruptors are out there. The other thing that is also nothing to do with products, 
but it's technology that is going to disrupt the cannabis industry as well. According to a story I'm reading from Electronics 360, they, which is powered by Global Spec, Ryan Clancy writes about how blockchain is disrupting the cannabis industry. And we know we've talked about crypto in some way, shape, or form, DeFi. We've talked about Bitcoin and blockchain and what's being done. We've talked a little bit about NFTs here on the program as well. And also in the Grassroots Marketing Series, which I also host. It's also part of what's going on. And it's another part of the market, the corner. So in this story from Electronics 360, they mentioned that as the cannabis industry grows and matures, they write, a lot of problems are being solved. Producers that are licensed increase their cultivation and then coupled with the underwhelming growth of the legal cannabis industry lead, has led to an oversupply of cannabis. Commercializing the product combined with the recent supply, oversupply of product, of product excuse me, is putting more pressure on legal suppliers to reduce the price. Perhaps most importantly, blockchain will provide encrypted traceability, which helps address other issues. They say that the introduction of, block, introduction of blockchain to the cannabis industry would reduce, would reduce vulnerability and promote transparency as information is digitally stored and is not kept in one centralized place. Furthermore, it doesn't have one intermediary that oversees transactions. Cannabis companies do possess an advantage, they go on to say, over other companies that are trying to adapt blockchain and have strong traceability requirements. As the legal cannabis industry is very new, cannabis industry companies are very quite modern and more equipped to integrate a solution like blockchain easily into their workflow. And there are typically young companies with a strong growth culture and generally have less complicated supply chains and structures. And as we've heard also, you know, just at the end of the year about supply chain issues from a mainstream angle, transparency in the supply chain, they go on to say, is really what will benefit business owners that are in the legal cannabis industry. This will increase consumer confidence, which will no doubt end up in an increased amount of cannabis customers moving from the illegal to legal marketplace. As long as people can see the journey from seed to sale, the quality, safety, consistency of legal cannabis will speak for itself. As a result, legal cannabis transactions can be increasingly connected with blockchain backed cryptocurrency such as bitcoin or marijuana specific cryptocurrency so disruptors keep an eye on those for 2022 because i am and they are subjects that i will try to continue to go ahead and keep the discussion going on with future guests here on the program and i hope you'll go ahead and ride go ahead and continue along with the ride with me as we go through those issues here on the program and if there are issues that you want me to talk about on the series that we haven't talked about yet or people that you think we should talk to, or you feel like you should be a suitable guest for the program, please email me, Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com. Brasco, B-R-A-S-C-O, at CannabisRadio.com. I would love to hear from you. Of course, remember to go ahead and check out the show and subscribe to it. Please rate and review through Apple Podcasts or wherever you find the show. Make sure to subscribe to it. You never miss an episode because even during the holidays, we're not stopping. Thanks for listening in. I'll talk to you next time. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. 
Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited. This is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.